From CBC Radio and Public Radio International, this is Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Part one of today's show, Haters. Jonathan, this is Max. You're probably trembling. You're probably shaking in your boots. Jonathan, 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 the little teacher's pet. We think we're so smart, don't we? Just because you got a good grade on this stupid math test, you think you're smarter than me? Couple smacks to your oversized head, and you won't be smarter than anybody. Jonathan, are you there? Do you hear my voice? I'll bet you're too afraid to even pick up the phone. I saw that look you were giving me. You looked at me like I was stupid or something. If you ever, ever give me another look like that or stand next to me or breathe next to me, you're a dead man. Do you think you're better than me or what? You think you're better than me? You think you're better than me. Look at those clothes you wear, they're so lame. Oh, those shorts you wear, they're so high and the colors are, ugh. I mean, come on, who wears cuffs on their shorts? I'm gonna give you one beating for that dirty look you gave me and one beating for those stupid shorts you wear and another for that stupid dirty look. You must be glad you weren't at home today, because I would come right over and ring your doorbell and punch you right in your big, fat nose. I've never liked you, but now, now it's over. Now I'm going to beat you so hard that you... Beat me so hard that... I'm going to beat you so hard that your face is going to turn blue. You're a loser. You look bad. You smell bad. And you know what, Jonathan? I am so looking forward to seeing you at school tomorrow. All of my life, I have been hated. As a result, I have more enemies than rap singing sensation 50 cents. I have so many haters hanging on my Bozak that, quite frankly... There is very little room on my Bozak for anything else, least of all, the love of a good woman. It is my belief that most people's hatred of me lies in the fact that in their heart of hearts, people despise excellence. And this is not my fault. I cannot change the excellence with which I was born in possession of, nor should I be shamed by it. I have repeated this to myself as a kind of mantra since I was but a young boy. I must confess that as I speak these words, I am curling a 35-pound weight in each of my arms. I enjoy a good workout and will make time for one every chance I get. 195, 196, 197. Can you detect even a hint of strain? Am I breathless? Does my voice show signs of wearying as I bring each dumbbell up to my pecs? 200. 201. Does my mouth drift from the mic? I assure you that it does not. 
I am always within the mic's range, and my voice level does not fluctuate. As I speak, I am admiring my shirtless body in the reflection of a mirror. Hey there, you. I am not fronting. Why would I lie to you? What could possibly be in it for me? If you think I am lying, well, that says more about you than it does about me. It says that you, too, despise excellence. Let me make this as clear as I can. I rock steady, and I rock hard. As a result of all this rocking, I am universally reviled on the microphone. My stone-cold versifying will cause you, against your own will and better judgment, to gyrate your hips and buttocks suggestively. Is this my fault? That I am a lyrical grandmaster? One who renders the microphone his browbeaten subordinate? Listen to the implied gravitas of my stentorian tone, the wicked timber of my vowels, and the crispness of my consonants. Now witness the tapping of your foot. Please note that it is well beyond your control. There is nothing you could do about it. Break it down. You are in the Goldstein zone, a place where all gravity pulls towards Goldstein. You drift closer and closer, and then we are face to face. Hello. So glad to have you here. Can you smell the musk of my aftershave? Are you made shy by the bristly touch of my goatee? Am I standing on your foot? Well then, please forgive me. Hi, Jonathan. Guess who this is? It's me, Kellen. You know how you're always raising your hand in class? You always think you got the answers. Well, then answer this one. Where will you hide when I come after you? If, if that doesn't strike fear in your heart, then the next time you raise that hand of yours, I will come on over to your desk, ring it down, and snap it off. I just like bullying the weaker kind. The dorks, the geeks, the idiots, the losers, the twerps. You fall into all of those categories. You always complain about something or other. In the cafeteria, the soup's too hot. In gym class, my running shoes are too tight. Have a nice night, Jonathan. Remember to tell your mom that her chocolate chip cookies really suck and they're kind of hard, but those apple crumble cakes are a slice of heaven, and it'd be great if she packed more. Bye-bye. Picture, if you will, the mustachioed good looks of Tom Selleck, mated with the class and power of a velvet-tuxedoed puma. On the bus, people stare at me longer than is appropriate. They simply cannot avert their gaze. The poor critters. It is because I am dope. Imagine the smell of crystal champagne brand new leather running shoes, and bathroom freshener. Envision a fistful of $100 bills, the easy functionality of an expensive German can opener, and an out-of-control garden hose. 
Now you are close to gaining a sense of my potency, but not really. Haters find my charisma enviable. As well, they are partial to my thick sideburns and the sensuality with which I eat pineapple. Haters are always bugging out. Haters are jealous because, like a turn-of-the-century dandy, I brandish my exquisite wit and elegance of dress like a prison shiv. I strongly encourage all haters to step back and reconsider when they contemplate getting all up in my face. Sure, haters hate me, because that's what haters do. Make sense? Haters recognize in me the real flavor. It is a flavor not unlike rum, pistachio, and expensive aftershave. Jonathan, this is Sarah. You're always after me. You're always following me, trying to be friends with me. Don't you get the point? I don't like you. Everyone thinks you're such a loser. And especially with those glasses, your eyes look like they're popping out. Every time I look at you, I feel like puking. Especially with those tuna sandwiches, you eat them every day of the week. Come on, that's so not cool these days. And, and especially when you eat it, you nibble your nose in it, and you smell it, and you dip your fingers in the tuna, and you... Like, at least have manners. Learn how to eat. Didn't your mom learn you that? Are you well-educated or what? From now on, if I ever see you eating a tuna sandwich, I swear, I'll take the plate and shove it in your face, or I'll rip your hair out, or I'll break your glasses. I'm threatening you, okay? So just enough with the tuna sandwiches. So next time you come to the cafeteria, change your menu and change the way you eat. And use a fork and a knife and a napkin and wash your hands. And I'm fed up of the smell of tuna. I still smell it in my hair. Like, I smell it, you know? People detest greatness in all of its forms, forms of which I possess 13. For the sake of brevity, though, I will only recite nine of them. One, I am great with animals. Two, I am great with children. Three, I keep an immaculate bathroom. Four, I can eat very spicy food without complaining very much. Five, I have rarely missed a bus that I have committed myself to running for. Six, I can eat an entire souvlaki platter without the use of a single napkin. Seven, I am not afraid to demand replacements, even when the restaurant menu explicitly forbids it. Eight, I always attempt light chit-chat with cab drivers. And nine, I have cried every time I've watched Rocky. I am the macaroni. And I tell you this, not out of braggadocio, but out of simple honesty. I mean, what am I supposed to do? It's not my fault that I'm the way I am. The way that I am is the way that I am. And I can no more take credit for it than a cheetah can take credit for its strengthy legs. Both myself and the cheetah have been born into this world with gifts we have no choice but to live up to. Hello? Yeah, Jonathan. Uh, yes? It's, uh, Derek. Derek? Yeah. From school. Apparently, uh, you call me a jackass. What's that all about? Uh, I don't... I don't think I... I don't no, think... No, no, not you don't think. People are telling me you're calling me a jackass. Who do you think you are? 
Derek, I don't think I would have called you a jackass. I don't think... So what are you telling me? My friends are lying to me? Well, well maybe they're not your real friends. Buddy, wait till tomorrow. We're going to see who's the jackass. Derek, you know, I, I think that maybe we could solve our problem just, you know, by, by kind of talking it through. What, no, what no talking. Let's do the fist talk. Derek, what did I ever do to you? The way you talk, I just want to hit you. I hear you. You see, although you might not be a fan of my style, you know, yeah, I, I but don't... See, the whole point is you called me a jackass. That we're still, we're still debating that, right? I think we just want to get to the truth. The truth is you called me a jackass, and I don't like you. I don't like your face. I don't like anything about you. I just want to hit you. When I see you walking in the hallway, I just want to run up to you and start hitting you until I can't feel my arms. Tomorrow, when I catch you, your arms, I'm going to use them to beat you. I'm going to make you eat my shoes. I'll slap you ten times. Listen, I'm just... No, no, listen. You listen to me. When I catch you, you're dead. That's it. Listen, I'm, uh, Derek, I'm going to go out on a limb here and, 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 and say that maybe, um, maybe, maybe you're not really angry with me. Who else would I be angry with? Well, I don't know. Maybe you're sort of, maybe, maybe there's someone. Really? Again with the questions. It, but who do you think you are? A psychologist. You're trying to talk to me. You're trying to make me feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. I want to hit you. But you, do you really think that hitting me is going to make yeah, you feel Yeah, it's going to make me feel ten times better. Really? Do you really think that, Derek? Yeah, I really do. I can't wait. It's going to be the highlight of my day. Let's just take a moment just to, to think about it, okay? To really think about how you're going to feel after you've beaten me up. I'm going to feel great. I'm going to feel 10 pounds lighter. Is that really how you feel? Again, with the freaking questions. You, you think you're some kind of a tough guy or something? You know, maybe, it, maybe Derek, maybe you're the one that's acting like a tough guy. What? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not acting like a tough guy. Maybe you're sort of acting like a tough guy. I'm acting like a tough guy. I'm, just, I'm acting like a tough guy. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm saying maybe. No, 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 you're saying I'm acting like a tough guy. I'm saying maybe. Okay, okay no, no, I understand. When your face is implanted in the floor, we're going to see. I'm not trying to be a tough guy. You're not trying to be a tough guy. I, Who no. are you trying to be then? The Pope? I, I don't know. I thought maybe we could, somehow we could end up out of this whole crazy mix-up, maybe we could end up being friends. <laughs> what are you trying to be, a funny guy? Friends. Well, sometimes, friends. you know, well, sometimes friendships get off to rocky starts. Nah, nah, buddy. You're going to be friends with my fist, though. That's a different story. Well, Derek, have you seen Rocky and Rocky 2? Yeah, you know how he gets knocked out? That's going to be you. Well, no, actually, I bring up Rocky for another reason. Just because you know how in the first Rocky movie... Rocky was uh, was enemies. He was fighting with Apollo Creed, but then in Rocky Three. Okay, but I became... ain't Rocky. I don't want to be your friend. Just get that in your head. There's but... no friendship ever gonna happen between us. Well, you see, that's how that's how Rocky and Apollo Creed felt in Rockies One and Two. But then in Rocky Three, you see what I'm saying? They became friends. But you don't understand. I don't want to be friends. I want to crack your face, and that's it. So yeah, tomorrow when you're in the cafeteria and you feel a tap on your shoulder, prepare for impact, huh? Job. If you long to carry me into your boudoir, lay me down in your bed so that I might read to you from the classics in a voice like oil and silk, who can possibly fault you?
Do you wonder what kind of clothing I am wearing right now? Do you picture in your mind's eye the layers of mesh and denim, the tightened bandana, the gold choker around my throat, the perfectly manicured goatee upon my chin? Were you to say that my silhouette is that of a young Mia Farrow, I would say that that is a beautiful thing to say. But secretly, I would fear that you have grown too enchanted with me, and I would worry for my own safety. I would stop receiving your phone calls, and when you'd show up to my door unannounced, I would call out in a high-pitched old woman's voice through the mail slot that Jonathan has gone out to play pinball with his cronies. But the truth is, I have no cronies. Because of my fear of driving people insane with envy and longing, I go through this life alone. And even though I have you to listen to me, I am still often in need of the simple pleasures of real human companionship. Hello? I saw your advertisement hung up on the cafe bulletin board that I sometimes go to. Let me see if I've got this straight. You offer your services as a professional friend. That's right. You rent yourself out as a friend for hire. Yes, I do. That's what I do. If someone needs a friend, um, comes into town, for instance, to a convention or a conference, you're a businessman or you're new in town, you're in a situation or you're going to be in a situation that you feel uncomfortable in, um, or... Whatever. If you're just you just need someone to be your friend, um, I serve that function. And I've got this straight, right? You're you're not some kind of male prostitute or something. No, this no, is not, not a actually. sexual service that you provide. No, because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a friend. Yes. What I do is is I mean I offer affection, praise to the person because that's. I, I would like to hear you praise me. Oh, it sounds like you're a very articulate and impatient with mediocrity kind of guy. Guilty as charged. That's really what I'm getting on the phone. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I should probably... Um, I, 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 l l let me explain to you my situation, okay? Mm -hmm. I have no friends. And, and, and it's, my, it's my feeling that I have no friends because the world is, is jealous of my attributes. Um, I can, I can understand that. I mean, in, in both physically and spiritually and psychically and emotionally, I'm attractive in that sense. It sounds like we're well suited to one another. Mm -hmm. When people have that kind of laser beam um, intensity. Yes, like a laser beam. Yeah, that scares people, you know, because people sort of try and maintain what they perceive as their own uniqueness and, and people and in, in doing so they they try they try to destroy you i think that that's that's sort of a defense mechanism that people have. exactly you yes know, people try to destroy i mean for instance people try to destroy the things that they love and what i'm interested in in my own work and life is is real friendships based upon my attributes as as a well, I guess what I would call is a magnetic and attractive personality. And, and you see, and what I'm looking for is someone with whom I can allow my excellence to, to just explode, unbridled. I think that's implicit in most people's lives, 
but you know as as yates once said you know most people live their lives in quiet desperation all you're doing is you're saying this is who i am if you want to join me on this voyage then uh, strap it on you know that's sort of essentially what you're saying and that's what i'm into as well i mean i i don't i think it's you know you you want fellow travelers absolutely you know when you're um, when you're exploring your own excellence and and that's what friendship is right i mean it's it's funny because i mean i feel like such a i'm i often feel like a complete freak you know and 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 hearing you speak makes me feel like less of a freak let me ask you this mm -hmm. what's more freaky no. mediocrity or magic i mean that's why we people like you and me often are alone in our lives i I feel like I hesitated in calling you because of the, I guess, the stigma, you know, of actually admitting to myself, has it come to this? Must I pay someone for their friendship? And yet, in some ways, it seems refreshingly pure. Well, think, think about it this way. I mean, what good and excellent and edifying things in life don't you pay for? This is this is true, and and my feeling is is in regular forms of unpaid friendship, there is all of this uh, emotional baggage that accompanies friendships. There is um, there is always subtext. There is always things unspoken. People questioning each other's motivations. Between you and I, what I am hoping for is clarity. I will know why you are spending time with me. It is because I am paying you. We don't have to worry about any of this other stuff that plagues most non-waged friendships. This is really doing my heart and soul a great deal of good. Quite literally, I mean people become drunken with my gorgeousness. And because of that, I must now, you know, I, I, I am left alone. They should be paying for that gorgeousness anyway, when you think about it. You know, you're, you're paying for my, uh, to be drunk with my gorgeousness, and vice versa. I suppose it, it begs the question of whether, whether perhaps you should be paying me. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter who's making the first move. We both win in this. We both gain something from this so um really when all said and done i mean who's paying who well i'm paying you that's right prior to me how many people would you say have actually taken you up on your on your professional services so far um up until now uh, yeah this is sort of an off time. Now it's very, very slow, and and it's it's sort of taking a while for. Uh, um, well, how many other clients have you had? You are the first. Really. Yes, you're the one that I'm really looking seriously at right now. So I guess none up until now, not up until this this. You.
I mean, I just find like what the, much of what you're talking about just in, so incredibly liberating, and in some ways, um, from an early age, I, I, I've always sort of um, hidden what I found to be most special and unique and excellent about myself. I've always, I've always kept it under wraps, you know. And I stop. Just stop putting yourself down like this. I want you to try, I'm going to say something and I want you to re repeat it. It's something that I say to myself every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want you to repeat it after me. Okay? okay. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. I will no longer. Okay. I will no longer. Shield the world. Shield the world. From the dazzle and grace. From the dazzle and grace. For which I am. For which I am. A human vessel. A human vessel. Hurled to earth by the gods. Hurled to earth by the gods. Okay. Now let's repeat that together. Oh, I, I, I just don't no. know if I'm there yet. No, 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 no. I mean, why don't you try to be good to yourself? Why don't you try and be, you know, give yourself a treat? Just repeat, repeat this. Repeat it again, okay? One more time. Okay. I will, I will no, no longer shield the world, world from, the from the dazzle and grace for which, of which I am a human, human vessel hurled to earth by the, by the gods. Again, I will, I will no, no longer shield the world from the dazzle and grace for which, of which I am a human vessel hurled to earth by the, by the gods. I feel really fired up now. Thank you. Good. You know, we should continue this conversation over a pot of herbal tea. I, that would be great. I'd love that. You know, maybe maybe we could actually go down to the um, to the cafe. Do, do you do you accept uh, do you accept checks? Um, I would rather go to an ATM machine. Okay, well then, um, I'll be seeing you soon. I'll see you soon. Uh, what, what, uh, how will I recognize you? <laughs> I, I guess how will you not recognize me? Hmm. Look for the flower in the dirt. Uh, look for a, a jaw that can cut diamonds. And, and gaze as deep and penetrating as your own. Um, I guess also I'll be wearing like a lumber jacket and some Birkenstocks. And so. Okay, great. Well, I'll I'll see you there then. Bye bye. Bye bye. For seven eight grand, my pay for pay my money legal. I ain't worrying about the feds, bruh. 18, set for life, dog. I'm living gravy. Girl, that's baby. Now keep that red. Yeah, I'm kidding, baby. I got some shit around my wrist that do never fall up. My clothes in my mansion, they made them all up. So I'm chasing my finger, ain't tell it's hard On my arms, tattoo, 
see a Mara. I moved mom's out the hood, the Washingtona. She needed transportation, so I brought a rover. She couldn't drive, so I hired my mom the chauffeur. Tomorrow night I'm going to dinner with your girl Oprah. Oprah, oh, see me in the club, be like that boy rich. I don't take baths and water, but when Chris, I got some shit around my wrist that I blind the day. I'm in the you know, sleeping in for Sasha days. Made a platinum of twenty thousand dollars spread. My so trans am for special me. Why y'all hate us so mad? I don't know why, baby. Millennium, we uh-huh. eat living in condominium. We ride on blaze, we ride on glass, and we got TVs inside our jazz. We in private The voices you heard in part one of Wiretap were Max, Kellen, Sarah, Derek, and Sam Shalabi. Stay tuned for part two of Wiretap after the break. <laughs> 